Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good afternoon, St. Louis. DJS on KMOX. It is a bit of a bucking bronco here today. Uh, so we were told that uh, President Joe Biden would be speaking and we should carry it and uh, he's going to take questions and then he threw it over to the Australian who I don't care about. And uh, so if he does start taking questions, he's taking questions now. then let's go to him right Against now. those troops, we will respond and he should be prepared. It has nothing to do with Israel. Well, let me let me ask my follow up here. Uh, I want to. Oh, here we go. Yeah, your conversations with uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, who obviously you've known uh, for decades, and you had a very emotional trip there last week to Israel. Have you sought assurances from him that he will hold off on a ground invasion into Gaza until the safe relief release of the hostages can be assured? And, of course, those include uh, 10 unaccounted for Americans. No. What I have indicated to him is that if that's possible to get these folks out safely, that's what he should do. It's their decision. But I did not demand it. I pointed out to him, if it's real, it should be done. Thank you. But aren't these hostages uh, in jeopardy if there is a ground invasion? You want to make a speech? (laughs) No, look, obviously they're in jeopardy. The question is whether or not there's any way of getting them out. If we can get them out, we should get them out. Prime Minister Albanese, uh, uh, and, and welcome again to Washington. Uh, President Biden canceled his uh, May trip to Australia because of debt ceiling talks in Congress to avoid a first-ever default here in the U.S. More recently, congressional action has stalled as House Republicans try to pick a speaker. However, it does appear, since we've been out here, that the House has elected a congressman, Mike Johnson, from Louisiana to that role. But are you worried that the gridlock in Washington will hold up the transfer of nuclear-powered subs to Australia as part of the AUKUS agreement? And are you concerned more broadly that the dysfunction makes the U.S. a less reliable partner? Uh, I regard the United States as a very reliable partner. And I regard the relationship that I have with the President as second to none of the relationships that I have uh, around the world, or indeed domestically, for that matter. It's a a relationship of trust. And I think this visit symbolises that. This is the ninth visit that I've had with President Biden. I got to meet President Biden when he was Vice President Biden, just just next door here uh, some years ago. 
and I'm very confident in the discussions that I've had uh, with uh, Democrats and Republicans uh, that there is very broad support for the AUKUS arrangements and that there will be support for the legislation going forward. And I think that would be a very good thing. It is in the interests of Australia, but it's also in the interests of the United States. And everyone that I have spoken to, similarly in the United Kingdom, uh, across the political spectrum, are all supportive of the AUKUS arrangements. We, uh, we, 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 we in Australia, I've managed to get it, so we get one question each. So, yeah, good try. But Channel 10 Australia. <laughs> uh, President Biden, uh, just saying with AUKUS, AUKUS is in many ways uh, your creation. It's Australia's largest ever defence deal, and Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has gone all... Okay, guys, we're going to make an executive decision here. I don't think any of us care that much about the questions about Australia. What we were hoping for, let's be honest, is that someone would ask Joe Biden something, and he would say something especially smart or especially stupid, and it would be newsmaking. So it, it just seems dumb to listen to a bunch of questions about Australia. So if that does happen, we'll let you know and we'll let, and we'll talk it about it and we'll talk it to death. Uh, also happening right now is there is a new House Speaker. Uh, Representative Mike Johnson has 220 votes. Uh, Hakeem Jeffries had 209 votes. So did some Democrats vote for Mike Johnson? Because uh, I thought Hakeem had 212. That was that was the Democrats. Right. And then he has 220 now versus the 217. Maybe there were people not present. There or... might have okay. been not yeah. present. Because I think, that, I mean, that would be a story if if a Democrat voted for Mike Johnson. But it, it's probably just some sort of like present and, and whatnot I, yeah, and so forth. So. I can't imagine that, too. Just Mike Johnson being yeah. who he is. And uh, I will surprise no one. I'm happy that we have a House Speaker. Uh, I'm unhappy that it is a very low-level guy who's never been the chair of a committee and was second only to uh, Jim Jordan in the 2020 trying to overthrow the election. That doesn't make me happy. Uh, it doesn't make me happy that uh, President Trump bragged yesterday that he had killed uh, Emmer, uh, saying that I killed him uh, as far as his chances. But you know, you don't always get your way. You, I didn't have a guy uh, that I wanted to be in there. I just don't like seeing Donald Trump get more power. But then again, that's just me. You know what? It's it's not even for me. Um, it's not that they have elected somebody who was sort of an architect of of trying to have the election overturned. It's that it almost feels like it has to be a prerequisite. Yeah. It's that Tom Emmer wasn't good enough for them. Because he voted to certify the election, even though he this, jumped on board the lawsuit later. This is the real bugaboo with me. And who cares? I'm just one guy. But I'm the guy with the show. So the bugaboo for me is is the election denial stuff. That uh, there are lots of facets to Donald Trump. And you may love his, you know, outrageousness. You may, you may hate it. You may love his policies. You may hate them. Uh, for me, the bright line test is the election denying because I think it's so stupid. I think it's so unintelligent. I think it's so uh, absolutely conspiratorial. And for that to be the litmus test, that the thing that has been disproven every possible way, the thing that people are literally pleading guilty to felonies 
for taking part in. That's the bright line test for the GOP, whether someone is qualified to take a certain position, is that they say out loud that they think the 2020 election was stolen when it clearly was not. That's my big problem. Like you, We can talk about Donald Trump. We can talk about he's like a diamond. He has multiple facets. For me— that's where I draw the line when you start when you still continue to push this narrative. It's one thing for like one of us to do it. It's one thing for a normie to do it. It's one thing for a truck driver to do it or the guy that works at QT. But when the elected officials who know better are doing it, that scares me. It, yeah, and I think it's worse when it's not like I said, when it's not just um well, he also happened to have done this. It's that because he did that, now he's my guy. And he has and, to and have done that why, in order for him to be why again. he was okay, but Jim Jordan wasn't, you know, hmm. because clearly the moderates said no to Jim Jordan. They have a pretty similar voting record. Yeah. So I. Is it that the moderates said no to Jim Jordan, holding out the last bit of hope that a guy like Representative Emmer out of Minnesota I bet it's that. would have won? And then once they realized this is going to go on forever. Yep. They won't allow the functioning of Congress to resume. We got to just vote for this guy and move on. I think that's exactly it. I think they saw there was no path to getting a a more reasonable person there. Well, to to be a consistent person in my word, uh, I've always thought that you should support whoever it is in office, even if you disagree with them. And I support Speaker Johnson and hope he does a great job and hope that we can do the business, do the people's business. And maybe, maybe there's a chance because you pretty much knew what you were getting with Jim Jordan, who has been on the national stage before because Mike Johnson doesn't have the name recognition of Jim Jordan. Maybe you could hope that somehow he might be an effective speaker and might surprise us. Yeah. I wish we had this sound. Hakeem Jeffries is speaking right now. I'm not sure why. I guess, I'm sure there's a procedural reason, but it's not like they're handing over the gavel from the Democrats to the Republicans. Uh, but maybe just when they're about to have a new Republican speaker, the leader of the minority party gets to speak. But we can't hear it. Uh, <laughs> so we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll take your phone calls. Uh, we've been getting a lot of phone calls lately, which we love. Uh, so you can call anytime. Can't promise you'll make it onto the air, but uh, we typically put people on. So if you have an opinion about any of this or a direction you would like to move us, you can always call at 122 DGS. So on the break, we're going back and forth, literally listening to Hakeem Jeffries give a speech and to Joe Biden answering questions. And uh, basically what Hakeem Jeffries was saying was that the new speaker is a very pleasant fellow, very affable, very nice, but that his voting record is as is ex- is extreme as any other Republican House member. Uh, Joe Biden was just answering a question about China. And here's just a little Dave aside. I don't know if you guys feel this way or not, but... Uh, <sighs> President Biden is a two on a scale, like compared to Donald Trump, uh, as far as like narcissism. But boy, does he talk a lot about himself. Mm-hmm. Like he draws a lot of like, you know, me and my old dog Freckles. Or, and he was just talking about, I hold the record of talking to Xi Jinping and I this and I that. And this is a completely total aside. I probably shouldn't do a radio show if I'm in a bad mood. I wasn't until right before the show started. Then I got in one. Uh, but 
it bugs me. It it just sort no, it's I, sort of like, hey, read the room, dude. So, this is someone who, f- when I look at Joe Biden and I hear him speak and the way he talks in specifically tragic situations or disasters, it's someone who fancies himself to be something of an empath, but is self-absorbed enough that he thinks he can understand what everyone is going through and that his stories are relevant to every tragedy. Like when he spoke to the people who were suffering from the horrific loss of life and property after the fires in Hawaii, and he's like, this was like when I had uh, some smoke in my kitchen and I almost lost my 62 Corvette. I get it. No, you don't get it. And at some point, if you have to insert yourself and your experience into everybody's tragedy, it can come across as self-absorbed, though I think he does it because he thinks he's making a connection. Yeah, isn't that it? Can we? I think uh, he's just trying to, to say, like, hey, I, I see what you're... Even if he doesn't really him. see where he's going, what, what he's where he's going through, but he sees it. I, I think that's all he's trying to do. Let's go over here. They just handed the gavel off to uh, Mike Johnson. Very different points of view, but I know that in your heart you love and care about this country and you want to do what's right, and so we're going to find common ground there. All right. I want to, I want to uh, express my great thanks for our Speaker Emeritus, Kevin McCarthy. Kevin has dedicated over two decades of his life to selfless public service, 16 of those years in this House. And you would be hard-pressed to find anybody who loves this institution more or has contributed more to it. He is the reason we're in this majority today. His impact can never be overstated, and I, I want to thank him for his leadership, his friendship, and the, the selfless sacrifice that you and Judy have made for so many years. You, you helped build it, Kevin, and we owe you a great debt of gratitude. I want to thank the dedicated and overworked staff of this beleaguered house. They accept praise so stoically. But, but Miss, Miss Susan Cole, our house reading clerk, and yes, yes. Listen, all the clerks and all the staff, you know, they're terribly overworked. This has been a grueling process, but they have served an integral role and keeping our republic, and we thank them for that service. I know we all do. 
I want to thank my dedicated wife of almost 25 okay, years. Okay, we're going to have to take a break either way, the bottom of the hour news. So on the break, we'll continue to listen to uh, Speaker Johnson. And if he says anything of note other than thanking the clerks and his wife, we'll let you know. And we have a lot to talk about. Uh, on the other side of the break, we welcome your phone calls because uh, evidently, it's being reported, Israel has agreed uh, not to a ceasefire but to a delay. And I have thoughts on that just from like a strategic point of view. How is this going to work out? Uh, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? And uh, I'm sure the guys here will have opinions and we'll take your phone calls on it as well. So really big day in the, uh, in the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of moving parts. Lots of strangeness. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts before we go to break? Strange is fun, isn't it? Uh, Some days. Uh, Aren't you a little, sometimes you're, you're kind of over strange, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Like when it's been going on for like six years. Yeah, that's yeah, the one. That kind of thing. <laughs> right. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You can call it. Thirty-four DGS. So uh, there's a new House Speaker, Mike Johnson, who, quite frankly, I'd never heard of before. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, has been elected Speaker of the House, and he was just given the gavel by Hakeem Jeffries, and he's making a speech. Seems like a nice guy. He's too MAGA for my taste, but my mind is open. Uh, I hope you guys believe that. My mind is always open. Always hopeful. I'm just always going to be honest and not sell out like so many other broadcasters who I've known uh, because they don't want to go woke and go broke kind of BS kind of stuff. Uh, okay, let's see where we are. Uh, some some pretty good sound we have here. Uh, I'm one of those people. I'm, I am dropping bombs today. I'm just making <laughs> I'm about to say and I mean it like. Let's just disband the U.N. Let's turn it into pickleball courts. Like, when's the last time they did anything real? It seems like a way that thousands of people get a paycheck for doing 
less than nothing. Like they just get in the way. And I, I believed this way before uh, the secretary general uh, talked about Israel and an occupation force and all this kind of stuff like that. That didn't affect it at all. I've thought this about the U.N. for a very long time. Uh, but if you missed it. The U.N. Secretary General last night talked about that the Hamas attacks did not happen in a vacuum. And here's what it sounded like. It is important to also recognize the attacks by Hamas did not happen in a vacuum. The Palestinian people have been subjected to 56 years of suffocating occupation. They have seen their land steadily devoured by settlements and plagued by violence. Their economy stifled. Their people displaced and their homes demolished. Their hopes for a political solution to their plight have been vanishing. But the grievances of the Palestinian people cannot justify the appalling attacks by Hamas, and those appalling attacks cannot justify the collective punishment of the Palestinian people. Okay, so there you go. Um, uh, surprised a lot of people. Israel has called for him to resign. And uh, let's play what the Queen of Jordan said. She she had one of, uh, I, I, I only heard this one time, but it, it, uh, it rang pretty true to me. What people need to understand is that, yes, you know, under the guise of, of uh, the right to defend itself, we are witnessing atrocities. You know, every country has a right to defend itself, but not through any means, not through war crimes, not through collective punishment. You know, 6,000 people, civilians killed so far, 2,400 children. How is that self-defense? We are seeing butchery at a mass scale using precision weapons, you know. Um, so for the past two weeks, we have seen the, 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 the indiscriminate bombardment uh, of Gaza. Um, Entire families wiped out, N residential neighborhoods flattened to the ground, the targeting of hospitals and schools and churches and, and, and mosques and medical workers, journalists, UN uh, aid workers. How is that self-defense? You know, uh, uh, why, is, why is it that whenever... Okay, so that kind of gives you the flavor of it. Um, this, you know, when you say that things are above your pay grade, I mean, my Lord, uh, we're doing a a radio talk show. This is the biggest story in the world. Of course, we have to talk about it. But trust me, it's not lost on me that I'm just a guy. Uh, I'm not Jim Talent. Uh, I, I'm not an elected official. I'm not a historian. I'm not a professor. And so at times I feel... Uh, ridiculous giving any opinions because there's so much about this situation I don't know. But I I do believe that Israel is in such a terrible, terrible position, which, of course, Hamas knew when they attacked on October 7th. Uh, even I could have figured that one out and said, OK, if you guys do this, uh, here's where we're going to be in about uh, three or four weeks. Uh, but I do agree with the Queen of Jordan in that, as horrific as the attacks were, I don't think it's carte blanche to do whatever you want to do. Uh, and when you see the Gazan people, and I know a lot of people out there, uh, equate the Gazan people with Hamas. I do not. Uh, but when you see, you know, thousands of people being killed and you know, just you know, entire sections uh, just turned to rubble and uh, babies dying and things like that, I feel for Israel because 
it's just damn hard to defend yourself and crush Hamas without collateral damage. There's going to be collateral damage. But for their sake, as much as the Gazans, uh, I believe that it's wise for Israel to give it a couple beats because once they go in, I think that their standing in the world and the opinion of them is going to go down, down, and down. That doesn't mean that that would be my opinion. It's just what I how I read the tea leaves. Um, so, so yeah, that what a very, very difficult position. But also, I have a bridge to sell you. If you think that Hamas is going to just hand over 200 hostages uh, three weeks after taking them at gun and knife point and go like, we're good, right? We're good. Everything good. There's just no possible way that's going to happen, right? Uh, If they were to do that, they still exist and Israel would still have to deal with them. I don't see any possible way where that deal is made and stood by. Thoughts? Well, um, I, I don't think you're going to get all of them back. I, I mean, I, I hate to speak frankly like that, but I just I don't see it happening. And I would venture to guess that a lot of them are probably already gone. Um, I don't mean taken. I mean, probably dead. And there's no way of knowing right now. And they can do this thing where there's a trickle of here's a couple more hostages. Here's another couple more. And then maybe that holds off Israel for a little bit longer. But I don't think they could do that forever. I don't think they could. At some point, there's going to have to be a demand of, look, now it's time to give up a lot of them or all of them or we're coming in. I think that will eventually happen. And then I do. I I have concern for everybody. I have concern for Palestinian civilians. I have concern for Israel itself as a country and its security if they decide to do that. And if you continue to see uh, Palestinians uh, killed, civilians killed, because I, I I do believe that, yes, there are always going to be those who are radicalized. But the degree to which how many people are radicalized can be affected moving forward. Is it we've radicalized 5% of the country or 20% of the country or 50%, whatever it is, I think there are degrees to how bad it can get. And that's why I say Israel has to be very surgical in what it does. Which is uh, unfair. Because it's unfair to them. What, what, like, even if you believe like 56 years of suffocating occupation, they were attacked in such a brutal way yeah. that you almost can't blame them for what they do. That's right. But There's a lot of do, anger and there should be. But you still have to hold them responsible for what they do. Aim. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you said they're in a nearly impossible position. You know, don't do a ground invasion, don't bomb indiscriminately. They're telling Gazans, you need to leave. We have to go after Hamas. Hamas is saying, don't leave, don't leave. And by the way, we're going to store our leaders and our weapons in hospitals and schools and mosques and churches and densely populated residential areas. And Hamas is sacrificing its civilians because it knows that Israel is going to lose the media optics war in that sense. Like, oh, look at Gaza. It's just, it's a disaster. And yes, while Israel needs to, and I believe historically has, maintained the highest military moral code 
Uh, This is a near impossible situation for them. I think when it comes to radicalization, people will believe what they want to believe. That's why, yep, we can say there are Palestinians who hate Israel, hate the Jewish people, a lot of them. Maybe they like what Hamas did. Uh, because they believe that Israel is the source of all their problems. A lot of them are young and didn't vote for Hamas, but a lot of them grew up in schools that were run uh, by Hamas. That's what they learned. We also know that there is just a lot of there are a lot of people who hate Jewish people. You have Rashida Tlaib. I'm not saying she hates Jewish people. What I am saying is she was parroting Hamas, a terrorist organization, saying that it was Israel that blew up the hospital. When we know it was not, I mean, independent investigations, not just by Israel, but by the United States, by the BBC and a U.S. congresswoman was parroting radicalized uh, rhetoric. And then I will say, I think there are a lot of people protesting. A lot of them are pro-Hamas tactics. A lot of them maybe are just ignorant because when you use the word occupy and when people say free Palestine, I want to ask them, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Because when you say free Palestine from the river to the sea, Palestine must be free. You are saying the end of Israel, the Jordan River, the Mediterranean Sea. There's no Israel. So free Palestine means the state of Israel ceases to exist. Is that what you want? Because that's what you're chanting. And Israel is since 2005 has had no military occupation in Gaza. Do they have it in the West Bank? Yes. And those two areas that had military occupation, no longer in Gaza, but they're in the West Bank, happened after the Six-Day War in 1967. That's why Gutierrez said 56 years. When Hamas took over in 2005, Egypt and Israel put in the blockade because they said, OK, if a, if a terrorist organization is running this part, we have to be careful what gets in. But there's no occupation other than the West Bank. But I think a lot of people, when they say occupy, they mean it along with from the river to the sea, which means no more Israel. Rach? I I guess the thing I keep coming back to is what has Israel accomplished in these past couple weeks with these bombings? I hear about a lot of dead civilians, a lot of them, but I haven't heard a percentage of Hamas fighters who have. I mean, I don't know of what what good has been done by all of the destruction that's happened so far. So that's why I tend to agree with you, Dave. Like it has to be, you have to be careful because at this point, like what is it, what can you point to and be like, we did this because from a, from my perspective, it just looks like a bunch of, of civilians are dead. Yeah. You think that it would be at the top of the list for Israel because you are fighting a real fight and you're fighting a PR fight. And you're already losing it, which I have been very surprised at. That that really, that took me by, that blindsided me worldwide and here in, in America. But you have to know that you're fighting that PR fight. And I would be leading every single interview I did with how many Hamas fighters have been killed or captured. Yeah, and, and you don't see that. You just, I, I mean, I don't anyway. I haven't seen any statistics on that. I've seen... 5,700 Gazans dead. I don't know if that's an accurate, an actual accurate number, but I've seen footage of, you know, little girls my niece's age being pulled out of rubble and their bodies are limp because they're dead. I've seen that on the evening news. So if you talk about a PR war, I mean, I, I don't think it's going great right now. Well, that's what they want. That's what Hamas, Hamas wants. They, they plan it that way. And if there's weapon stores or launching abilities, like there's no, have you like, 
Gaza doesn't have water, but it has rockets. They're not running out of rockets. Gaza doesn't have fuel, but somehow Hamas is lighting the terror tunnels and terror tunnels, and they're able to fuel their rockets and their weaponry. Gaza doesn't have electricity, but the tunnels are lit. But yeah. I guess that, that doesn't matter to the average person when they see the limp body of a dead eight-year-old being pulled no, out of rubble. I know it they does. don't care about that. Hamas will always hide behind innocent children and women and civilians. That's what Hamas does, and they know that they will win the PR war. But does that mean it's okay to go through the children to get to them? It doesn't, but what it does do is it puts Israel in a really, really impossible because children are going to die. And you're like, well, what, what do we do? What do we stop and let Hamas kill our children? Or do we tell the Gazans, you need to get out. There's a weapons store here. We have to go after this building. Get out, get out. And Hamas is saying, don't get out. Right. I don't know have an answer. People calling in, uh, please do. Uh, this is always an open discussion, free thinking, as non-judgmental as we can be. Uh, we're just giving our takes, and uh, I am always willing to evolve my uh, opinion with new information. Mary Lynn, hold on. Anyone else? 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120, uh, toll-free from anywhere. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. DGS on KMOX. Uh, lots of people calling in. Mary Lynn was up first from Troy, Illinois. Mary Lynn, go right ahead. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You bet. I don't listen to any of the national news because it's all poison. And Rachel, the reason you haven't that's the reason you haven't heard anything about what the Israelis have killed. They did get one of the big cheese Hamas guys. I don't remember where, but it was on I watch Channel 2 here. I watch the local news, and they did have that on. So I know they've taken out one, but the national news, they don't want you to hear about any of the good progress that Israel's making because they are also waging the war against Israel. And when that Jordan lady was talking, the lady from Jordan, was she directing her statements to Israel or to Hamas and the other Palestinian guerrillas that are out there blowing up the hospitals and killing the civilians? When they show you dead children, how do you know it wasn't Hamas that killed them? You don't. Well, Mary Lynn, let me ask right? you. Let me ask you a question. Uh, we know uh, from Israel, not from CNN. We know from Israel uh-huh. that they launched 324 attacks day before yesterday, and we know that they are acknowledging uh, the thousands of deaths. So. Assume for a moment that 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 that's true, that Israel is doing that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Is that and this is going to be such a ham fisted, childish way to ask it. But is that okay with you that thousands of uh, civilians are dying in order to get Hamas? Like, hey, look, this is just what it takes. 
Well, what else could they do? Do they have another option? No, they don't. Hamas doesn't give them any options. Other terrorists that are coming after them from other fronts, other sides, they're attacking Israel right now. They don't have another choice. I don't see it. Is there one? They have special forces, don't they? Thanks, Mary Lynn. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mary Lynn. Right. I think what she is highlighting is exactly what we're saying. A lot of people are telling Israel what they can't do, but no one's saying, okay, what can you do? Because they are in an impossible situation, they have to defend themselves. I mean, it was 15, the equivalent of 15 or 16 9-11s on October 7th. They have to go after Hamas. Hamas, again, has deprived its people of humanitarian aid. Even now, that $100 million that we're giving uh, to that area for humanitarian aid and say, okay, it has to be used for food. It has to be used right. Uh, John Kirby even said, we can't guarantee it's not going to be used to build more weapons or to fund more terrorism. And and we gave it anyway. That's an impossible situation. The hospitals, the schools, again, Israel needs to maintain the highest moral military code. I think they do. Have they and will they make mistakes? I am sure. But I don't know how they move forward with literally a human shields, children and and women and worshipers and the ill and the elderly, that's who Hamas uses to protect themselves. And, and to, to quickly respond to the point about um, the national media doesn't want you to see any pro-Israeli stuff, that's just not true. I'm, I'm watching a lot of national stuff, and I see a lot of both sides covered, so that's flat out wrong. Um, yeah, and to, to answer Mary Lynn directly... I don't know what to do. I mean, I'm not a military person, mm-hmm. uh, but my understanding is that they are like hours and certainly a couple days away from running out of everything. And uh, you you can't let two million people die. You just can't. You, you can't let two million people starve or die of dehydration or you, you, you just you can't do that. And. It's a different situation like when we went into Afghanistan and went into Iraq. But I do believe Israel is being held to a different standard than we were. Mm-hmm. Um, people weren't watching us, I don't think, nearly as closely when you know, well, we were we doing collateral damage. We didn't have social media damage. and all of this. We didn't have the means of, yeah. of and we made a lot of mistakes. sharing information. Well, the and way and we also, we hadn't been responsible for Fallujah. You know, we, they, were, they were nothing but bad guys there were nothing but enemies and here they are literally right next door it's like from here to chesterfield Well, exactly that's we have on our east coast a giant ocean the west coast a giant ocean to the north and south we have democracies as you said what if we were this tiny little town and just surrounded by countries that were trying that were run by terrorist organizations and trying to end our very existence it would be different if Hamas were saying, you got us, we give up, we don't want any part of this, but they're not saying that. They're just saying, well, let's talk later about some hostage releases. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.